If you would, turn to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read the uh, first 14 verses and focus on verse 14. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I want us to focus on this issue of peace. Is there peace since he's king? Uh, is there peace in our country? Is there peace among the nations? Is there peace in North Korea? Is there peace in the Middle East? Everybody is still calling Trump an idiot for saying that Jerusalem can be the capital of Israel. Has any country ever had a debate about where they could put their capital? And yet all the nations said, it's insane. You Jews can't name the city for your capital. The nations will tell you where to do that. So ISIS is going wild. War, war, war. I hear that depression, uh, drug addiction, and teen suicide is higher than it's ever been in our country. We're trying to get the nation off of drugs. What for? Anxiety, fear, disappointment. And when you've got 18-year-olds killing themselves because they can't stand their parents, their friends, their environment, their life, it sounds to me like the peace has never shown up. What happened? Said, on earth, peace, and this is correct, on those 
whom his favor rests. So what is he talking about? Let, maybe we don't understand peace. Let me just give you a basic meaning. And it's taken from the Hebrew word shalom. Modern Hebrew uses shalom to say uh, hello and goodbye. May not, you may not know at all what they just said, but they're really saying hello, goodbye. That's modern Hebrew. But the Hebrew word uh, really meant tranquility, health, well-being, prosperity, uh, ending of animosity, ending of strife ending of warfare, of peaceful terms. And so it had this idea, wherever God is, wherever God rules, there will be peace. The issue is this, is God ruling the nations directly? Now, what do we mean by that? God is said to be an eternal king. He's eternal in the heavens. There's no doubt about that. The Bible says that over and over. But there's been a goal in history that God has had. He has always wanted somebody on the earth to rule for him and represent him, and every earthly ruler has blown it. No earthly ruler ever, ever reigned for God like God wanted. Even David blew it. And after his murdering a man and stealing a man's wife from 2 Samuel 11, his kingdom starts going down, down. It comes to Solomon. Solomon said, I'll break every treaty that I told Israel to make. Don't multiply horses. Don't multiply wives. Don't multiply warfare implements. He did all of it, and the kingdom breaks up, splits up, and where is the kingdom of Israel today? There's no king. There's a prime minister and hated by the world. No peace in the Middle East. What happened to the peace treaty? Where is the peace? The child's come, but where has the peace come? You see, God wants a man that he's going to set, he said, in Mount Zion, on the throne of David, and a righteous rule that we believe is coming in the thousand-year reign of Christ. But in the meantime, there will be wars, rumors of war, men despising one another, on and on. But this child that was given was to be the Prince of Peace. And I want to uh, tell you a fascinating story and, and name this child what Don Richardson called the peace child, that in the 1960s, Don Richardson and his wife, Carol, were going to Prairie Bible Institute in Canada. And while they were there, a senior missionary came and said, we need somebody to go to Dutch New Guinea in the Netherlands part of it, where the Dutch had been to a cannibalistic headhunting group called the Sawi, S-A-W-I. They need to go there. Somebody needs to penetrate this people. They have no Bible in their language. No one has successfully reached them. So they went, 1962. Well, Richardson was a linguistic man and wanted to get a translation. 
He struggled to translate the Sawi language. Imagine this. The verbs in Sawi had 19 tenses. I never heard of a language that had that many tenses. We think of past, present, future. They had 19 of them. It was a nightmare to translate. While he was there uh, at the Sawi village, two other villages came close because with him came steel implements, axes, knives, uh, and they loved the tools that the missionaries brought. They wanted the tools. While the other tribes came in to get those tools, they began warring among themselves. And he was stunned in his translation work that when he told the story of Jesus, they made Judas the hero. Because in their culture, the goal of their culture was to befriend you in order to betray you, in order to eat you. Because they were cannibalistic. And so they would use treachery, friendship, befriend, and, and the more complicated the plot was, the more work to befriend and to deceive, uh, and then all of a sudden, you're dead. And they would have this one village against another village. And it was always to woo somebody in that village for you to believe that you were going to be their friend only to have them for dinner. It's gross, but it was real. That's the reality of it. So when he told the story of Jesus and Judas, they said, yay, Judas is the hero. He was able to deceive Jesus. He was able to betray him. And Carson, he was totally baffled because that's the last thing he wanted them to think. Well, as the tribes kept warring, and it got bloodier and bloodier, uh, he told them, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. My wife's expecting another baby. They took a seven-month child when they went over there, people are dying of malaria, dysentery, and hepatitis. They still moved in there. And so when this warring was going on among the villages, and she was expecting the second baby, uh, they said, we're leaving this village, and we're not coming back. We're going to find another tribe somewhere. We're not going to live in jeopardy of you guys always killing one another. We've had enough. So... They go, she has the baby on the way back. The canoe capsizes among crocodiles, and a Navy boy, a Navy son that worked for them, saved the two children. But the villagers were going to kill him. They blamed him for the accident, and Don saves the boy's life. He says, Don't kill him. Don't kill. They were not used to that. Finally, he said, I'm through with you guys. I'm out of here. And they said, no, no, no. No, we'll, we'll make a peace treaty. But how do you make peace treaties with treacherous liars, deceivers? They, uh, they have a practice at that time. Uh, the only way you could make peace between villages is that each village chieftain 
or a representative from the village had to give the enemy tribe one of their infants. And then they would have to give you an infant, and that infant became known as the peace child. And any time a rub or an offense would happen between the villagers after this, they would simply plead, peace child. And that would atone for any offenses. And as long as that child lived, there was peace between the villages. When the child died, they started all over again. And really what he's singing here is God has sent his peace child. And Jesus is born here, and his eventual goal is he's going to bring peace, but it's a conditional peace. It's not for everybody on the earth. And it translates, on those upon whom his favor rests, those are those that eventually enter into a relationship with him. If you're not, he said in Isaiah, there is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. Isaiah 3, and rather Romans 3 said, the way of peace they have not known. Ephesians said of the Gentiles, they live without God, without hope, and without peace. There is no peace, no peace, until you have a relationship to the peace child. Let's look at, first of all, how heavens begin to rejoice when the peace child was given. Why are the heavens alive with praise and adoration and worship? It's because of this. In the Garden of Eden, spirit beings were present when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit and the race died. They were there. Spirit beings, I don't know how many are in this room, but according to Ephesians, spirit beings attend church services, and they observe what the saints are doing. You better not be using your cell phone. They may fry it right now. Strike it. We don't know how many spirit beings could be. One man had 6,000 demons living in one body. They named him Legion. And so, in the beginning of our race, on that day, a French theologian, Godet, said that when Adam and Eve reached out and took the fruit, that it's as though all of heaven saw the bride and the bridegroom die on their wedding day. At the dawn of civilization, in a perfect environment, they said, there's something better than obeying the God who made us. There's something better than paradise. And that is for us to be autonomous and be God-like creatures. And God said, you are God-like. I made you my image, but your role is to submit to me. Don't usurp authority. They said, no, we want to become our own gods. And that day, the race died. And now these angels are saying, Finally, finally, the only one that can repair the breach has been born. And heaven starts singing. The prophecies have been fulfilled. The peace child's been given. He's shown up. And the only way back to paradise is through this child. This child, the peace child. Do you know the peace child? Are, are you... 
still full of all the anxieties that life is full of. No peace in our homes, more divorce, more children hate their parents, more parents hate their children. Uh, hate is a way of life. You can't get the races to treat each other with dignity. You can't get politicians to be sane to each other. The nations are at war. Hate is in the heart of every man. It is not a peaceful world. You've got some big dreams, but you've got to be asleep, baby, if you think it's peace. We are at war with each other, at war with God, because the peace child has never been received. But he came, and the spirit beings, angels are singing. He's come. Messiah's landed. Isaiah 9, 6, to us a child's been born, a son's been given. He's landed. He's here. God's kept his promise. So that's what made the heavens start singing. Now he goes on. The peace child, in order just to be born, would not purchase the peace. No, listen to what the prophet said. To have the peace, the peace child would have to be sacrificed. And this is told in the story in Peace Child by Don Richardson that when the warring tribes, Richardson said he saw one native man, a chief, he ran to his enemies, his stark enemies, and said, here's my baby boy. It was the only way they could stop the slaughter, the only way. And God is saying the same thing. The only way I can stop men going to hell and missing heaven is I'll put my son in their arms and see what they will do with thee. Well, they accept the terms of peace. But this is what we did to him. Isaiah said, he bore the chastisement that brought us peace. We beat him. We spit upon him. We sent him back to heaven with five wounds in his body. That was our reception of the peace child. If this is the best you can do, God, you can take it and go to hell because we don't want the gift. That's what every man faces when they stand before the judgment of God. What did you do with my peace child? I sent him to end the war between you and I, to end the war among the nations. And you keep fighting, you keep killing, you keep hating. Why? When will you accept the child I gave to bring peace, the prince of peace? If he would reign, there would be peace. But instead, we bow our neck and we stagger on like a drunk man in a fog trying to find a way through life. We can't figure out anything. We need drugs to get up. We need drugs to go to bed. We need booze. We need this. And say, are you any happier? No, I'm just intoxicated. I'm just drugged up, but I'm miserable. I'm not better. A plant can't fill the hole in your heart. It takes the child. There is nothing in a bottle that can bring you peace. Nothing in a woman or a man that can bring you to peace. You marry the best woman in the world like I did. You still, that doesn't give you peace. You better have peace in your heart. 
she can't uh, make all my fears become. I can't calm her fears. She's got to have a shepherd and the child. This is where the peace comes from. Knowing this child, I hear him say in Ephesians, he is our peace who has broken down the middle wall of partition. And there, that was the hostility between Jew and Gentile. Wouldn't you like to see racism end? You weren't too loud about it. I said, would you like to see racism end? You, you, you can't get a politician to bring it. We got enough stuff on the books, but you got to get somebody to believe it and obey it. You can't keep me from hating you. Even when you're my color, I can learn to hate you real easy until the peace child comes to your heart. And he makes you say, I've ended the hostility I've had towards people. And then he says, he, he brought us together and he ended the alienation that separated me from the living God. And that's what's wrapped up this one is going to bring peace on earth. Peace on earth. Listen to what he says. In Romans 5, he says, While we were gods, uh, while we were ungodly, weak, and sinners, and he finally gets to this deplorable description of us in Romans 10, 5, 10. While we were God's enemies, Christ reconciled, past tense, reconciled us. What does that verse mean? I've looked at that. What do you mean? Uh, most of the world is not reconciled to God, but God uses a past tense there. Everything from the divine side has been done to end the war. I did everything to reconcile. God said, I could save the meanest man or woman in the world and not sacrifice my character. I did it at the cross. Or everything, there's only one condition left. Will you accept the terms? Will you accept what God accepts? God said, I'm satisfied with my son's death. I'll even let a sinner like you go to heaven. For when I was ungodly is when he saved me. Not when I gave him the offering. Anybody can get a good man to heaven. You don't act like you believe that. Well, I know you've never met any good people. I know. But only God can get a sinner to heaven. That's his specialty. And you may never get to go to heaven until you recognize you're not that good man. You're a sinner. You're weak. You're ungodly. Matter of fact, you don't like this. I never liked it. When he says you were a God hater, the word enmity there, you hated God. I said, no, no, God, I grew up in a Christian home. I never hated you. Well, did you ever choose your sin over me? Why, all the time. He said, that was an act of hate. But he said, I ended it when I sent my peace child and the peace child on a cross. I said, I will whip him in place of you. I will wound him in place of you. I will treat the peace child. I'll hand him to my enemies 
he gave us this gift to his enemies, and he said, handle him the best way you know how, and we stabbed the child. And so the war continues. The war continues. There is no peace, saith the Lord, to the ungodly and to the man who leaves Christ out. So what does uh, God say of us? What, what does he want us to do? Uh, he basically would like for you to receive Christ. Is that too hard? You started the war, not God. You know, uh, were you ever taught as a boy to defend yourself? And the big thing the principal asked, who started it? But boys say everybody did. And it, when you talk about God and man, why this estrangement? Why didn't Michelangelo in the Sistine Chapel have that remarkable picture of God and Adam separated in the cloud and God's hand is reaching out. Trying. There's been an estrangement, an alienation, a celestial divorce. I made you. Oh, some of the greatest heartbreak in this room is parents who've had a child that said, I'm sick of you. I don't care if I never see you again, mom, dad. You think that's bad. That's exactly what you and I did in Adam. We don't. We want the fruit. We want paradise. We just don't want you running us. And now you can't reach. And God said, the peace child is the only way we could reach each other. And he gave his son, and he said, he's the bridge to my heart. Whatever you think of Jesus, you think of me. Whatever you do with him, you do with me. So this remarkable peace child the uh, Carson stayed there in uh, New Guinea until in the 70s. And the tribes finally, they built the largest auditorium, uh, freestanding poles. How they engineered it is still a feat in that place because the congregation grew so big because every time they would have a dispute with each other from then on, they would not claim one of their children once they claimed Christ, they said, Christ, the peace child, bore it. I don't have to hate you. For we make Christ the scapegoat for all of our offenses. You know, it'd be nice if you have a dispute with anyone, you ought to just say, Jesus paid it all. Some of you don't like to forgive. You've got a bag full of grievances. You never forgive. You and your wife can't ever get on to a fresh argument because you never got over the one you had five years ago. Why don't you have a fresh one? You get a fresh one. You got to let go of the past. But you haven't paid enough. Did Jesus pay enough? Is he enough to bear the grievances of even those that you're finding a hard time to forgive? Our forgiveness is short because we get our eyes off the cross where the peace child submitted to the hand of God and said, if we get in the war, reconcile God and man, I'm willing to be your peace child. I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. Amazing. Amazing. Anyway, just lay down his life.
for us. Well, I think the wonderful thing today, our great Christmas gift, is the peace child. I have peace with God. You know, as I, I think of, as we buried my brother Paul, I thought of when we buried the funeral, I always remembers my grandfather Howard because I was unsaved and I was scared and I had nightmares over death, the coffin, and uh, the fear of death. And uh, I went through a two-year period there of conviction and fear and uh, hoping I wouldn't get, get killed hoping I wouldn't die because I knew I didn't know God. But I think what's so amazing, now that I accepted God's gift child, I think of what he said, his last words. My God, my God, why would you forsake me? Why would you abandon your beloved one? the one that nursed at the breast of Mary, why, Father of all people, would you forsake me in my most desperate hour? And it was God's way of saying, so that everybody who receives you will never be forsaken. For I promise my people I will never leave them, nor forsake them, nor abandon them. And you had to bear the abandonment. You had to bear the alienation. You had to bear the separation. But you bore it for them so they never have to bear it. And now when I think of death and as our family said goodbye to a beloved brother, there was little deep mourning because there was more hope than there was grieving. There's more assurance of where he landed than grave. You don't sting like you used to. And, old grave, your victory's already been stripped. When somebody could put their finger in your face and say, you could only keep me three days. I'm walking out of this place, and I'm going to resurrect millions, millions. Every person ever born will be resurrected by my power. So you must ask yourself, have you ever received God's peace, child? Santa won't save you. And quit looking for Rudolph. We, got, we can sell fantasy easier than we get people to believe the Bible story. A virgin gave birth to a child. I, and guess what? Disney didn't invent that story. God said it. I gave you a spotless child without a sin nature. And when he formed that baby, he said, I don't want any male around because I don't want the sin nature passed on. I'm going to take the woman. I'm going to have that component. And I, by the power of the Holy Spirit, a conception will happen. And he is born a man without imputed sin because he's God's perfect, perfect peace child. If you know him, you can have peace. You can have peace. I ask you, do you have peace at this time of the year? And there's a lot of people, this is a miserable time. Loved ones have died. Families may be having their issues. A lot of booze is going to be sold this time of the year. A lot of this will be sold that. 
to soothe aching hearts. But I love what Augustine said. Thou hast created us for thyself, and we remain restless until we rest in you. If you want peace, why don't you ask Jesus to become your Savior? And you'll find the peace of God. Romans 5, 1 says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God. Father, we thank you for your peace, child, that he came. And he even told Mary, this child's going to cause you to weep. You'll be at the cross when the peace child is hung on a tree. And you'll have great sorrow. But this, this baby you bore will be your Savior. We thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you that we celebrate truth at this time of the year. We have fun with all the children and the gifts and the toys and the trees. But, Father, the story I rejoice about is my Savior, the peace child, died on a tree, came back, and is coming again. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, that we may receive you with joy and gladness. And everyone that knows the peace child said, Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing a final song.